It's good to see you guys. You guys having a fun week? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, I know, right? Interesting. Interest is the key word in interesting. Oh, yeah, right. I really enjoy my work. I enjoy my, I enjoy what I do. And I, uh, it's nice when you can actually, uh, get paid for stuff that you like to do. That's, that's really fun. That's enjoyable. I think though that everybody, I don't, it really doesn't matter what you do. The funny thing about what I've noticed is that is no matter how much you love doing something, you're going to get tired of doing it. It actually, and the, the interesting, uh, you, you work so hard at attaining or building a skill that you have a lot of interest for hoping that someone else will pay you for that value. They have a, and, um, and then, you know, you get better at it. But then what happens is the, the test doesn't become whether or not you're good at it, that particular skill set. It, the real test comes more internal. And that next test is how long could you build and uh, steward your own happiness? Because you're going to, no matter, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to get tired of doing it. Um, I love music. Um, I've always loved music growing up. Um, I enjoyed it. I used to have my own little concerts under, I would perform underneath this table in our, my play area. I would bring a cassette tape. I had a Carmen CD radically saved, right? You know, feel me? I feel really old by saying that. And I put it in the cassette player and I hit play and I used to perform every single one of those songs on there and then he started getting like into this like hip hop rap stuff and I used to like write be on time with him and I'm not going to go back there that's a glory god closed thank god um and then um so I really enjoyed it um and then I I really wanted to do music for a living this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about just don't need to share it and um I remember that um somebody had noticed um, the skill set that I had, and they said, is this something you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to do it. And, and he was like, okay, well, if you want to do it, you need to, you need to be very objective about your writing. You don't want to just put words together. You want what you're putting together to actually mean something. So uh, I said, okay. So I submitted under him in my songwriting ability, and he, oh my gosh, I started to really hate music. Because I finally had somebody in my life who critiqued objectively what I was doing. And it took all of the fun out of what I was doing. And it really challenged my love for music. It made it very difficult because I, I, would, I would bring to him, he'd say, okay, you have a week, I need you to, I need you to get me as many songs as you can. I'm like, alright. So I'd write like ten songs. And that's all I did all my spare time. I'd go in my back room in my parents' house, get my guitar, get a recorder. I'd write songs. I'd, and I'd bring him like 10 songs. And he would go, he'd listen to the, just the intro. I'd be like, no, let's, let's put that aside. Uh, and he'd just like fast forward and, okay, that has potential. No. Oh, this is good. That's, that's cool. No. And like out of 10 songs, he would, he would maybe listen all of two of them. Then the rest of them was like a no or 
let's work on this. And I don't know if anyone has done anything creatively. When someone says no to what you did, that's like, that's my baby. You shut up. You know, that's how dare you. You know, that's my heart and soul on that recorder. And you're just kind of throwing it to the side. He's like, well, you're not writing for you. You're writing for people and and you're writing for people who are in a place and you're in a place and you're writing from your perspective and that's really good. But in any sort of ministry, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for people who have a need. And this isn't this isn't about you getting to express your heart. This is about you building the body up. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, he's right. He was right. And I think we get in different parts of our life where we man, I just want to express myself you know that's reagan right now she just wants to express herself and that's very important but it's it's even more important that she doesn't stay there it's more important that as she grows up that she puts away childish ambitions when she grows older and she learns she learns what it means to live and and live develop support and contribute to the community and the body of christ Amen. So um, I have no idea. Maybe that's a, let's just close a word of prayer. No, I'm joking. OK, we're going to be talking about the next two weeks about how to read the Bible. OK, and uh, the reason why I wanted to go over this is because uh, this is something that I've always loved doing. I've, I've enjoyed the word. Um, I think it's kind of a it's a very repeatable uh statistic of how few believers have a a daily reading and there's a lot of reasons why uh people don't read their bible um and i kind of want to talk about some of those things i want to i want to talk about the good reasons people read their bible and the good reasons people don't read their bible the good uh, there's there's a whole there now I, i did say that on purpose and then there's there are bad reasons why people don't read the Bible. There are bad reasons why people do read the Bible. And so I, I want to cover this. And the reason why I want to do it is just because um, it's because of what we're going towards. What we're going towards and uh, what, we're, what we're building within us and the body is, is not for you. What, what you're going through right now in the season of your life has nothing to do with you. This is not about your story. This is about God's story. This is his story. It's not your story. When it all comes down to it, when you read the word, when you read all the stories, the stories include people, but they're not about people. They're about God moving in people. That's what the Bible is about. It's not about you. It's about him. And that's our, it's about our place in this season of his story. Amen. I have a PowerPoint. I don't know if it's up. I don't I know I didn't tell anybody about it. So (laughs) maybe I don't have a PowerPoint tonight. Um, So anyone have their cell phones? You have your cell phones. Hold them up. If you have a cell phone, let me let me see. I just want to hold it up. Just if you have a cell phone. Let me see it. Hold it up. I don't know. I don't see it. Hold it up really high for me. Okay, have a cell phone. Now, did anybody bring their Bibles with them tonight? Can you bring, uh, lift your Bible up? If you brought your Bible, okay. Now, 
<laughs> Dave, you're awesome. If, if your cell phone is your Bible, put it down. Let me see your book. Okay, good. So, um, good. Let me see the book. Okay, so I love it. Now, that is so good because something we're going to talk about is, is, is the word and its availability to us. Um, okay, cool. I uh, don't know if I have my, let me see if I can connect here. Give me a second. Ah, cool. So here we go. We're going to talk real quick about some of the reasons why we are uh, some some of the reasons why we have a a this this part of our life. How many of you guys know? Um, does anybody have a a heart rate monitor with them? You have a heart rate monitor. Anybody? Anybody wearing one? What's the purpose of the heart rate monitor? Give your heart rate to monitor your heart rate. <laughs> it's good. Y'all are quick. Y'all are good. I don't get anything past y'all. All right. So a monitor. It. It. Now, why would you want to monitor your heart rate? It. it seeing if it doesn't be right, an indicator of health. What? Somebody else say something. Okay, good. That's good. Yes. Exercise and relaxation. I have a, I have a thing on, I have a heart rate monitor. I just got it this last week, or last week, uh, last December is a Christmas present. And what it does is it, you know, if I work out, I can say, you know, uh, it tells me how many uh, beats my heart rate and it tells me how, uh, how fast it goes. I could see through the day, the activity, things like that. Um, this this gadget this is a tool this actually does not create my health but it does reflect my health and it helps me it helps me to know how healthy i am but it in and of itself does not change the condition of my health it actually doesn't adjust the will i have to work out or eat healthy it doesn't me putting it on i don't become healthy by having this on me. But what I am is I am aware of the reality of my health. The Bible, having knowledge of the Bible does not make you healthy. It gives you knowledge of the reality of your spiritual health, of your spiritual walk. Having a daily reading discipline I wish I could tell you that every time I put on this watch, I get healthy, but that's just not the case. Me having a reading ritual does not mean I have a relationship. I want to have a relationship with the person that the book points to. I want to have accurate readings in my life so I know how I am doing. The Bible is not supposed to be, so it's not really supposed to tell you how the world is. It's supposed to tell you how you are. That's the cool thing. No other book does that. No other book, as you're reading it, makes you go, hey, hey, 
how are you this where are you at in relation to what's going on here have you ever read have you ever read don't don't point out the speck in your your brother's eye because you might have a plank in your own have have you ever read that and just go okay i'm gonna shut up and it has changed you it has realigned you. See, that's what that's what it does. It it shows me, oh man, you need to get up. You've been this this will if I sit down for longer than an hour, this beats me and says, "Get off your butt. Come on, move around." And when I take it off, I can just kind of go about my day and think, "Oh, okay." You know. But you know that's it's really important. And another thing that's interesting about your diet that's reflected, your spiritual diet that is reflected in your natural diet. Do you know that 80% of your health has to do with your intake? And 20% has to do with your output. I can wake up at 5 in the morning and I can go run 5 miles and burn 650 calories. And I can lose all of that in 5 minutes of eating uh, breakfast. You may say, that's a big breakfast. It's not too big of a breakfast, actually. If you have, if I have... Three eggs, two pieces of bacon, a piece of toast, and a cup of coffee with some creamer in it. I'm five. I'm at 500 calories. I can burn off in 45 minutes that many calories that takes me five minutes to put on. That makes you rethink what you do with your time because time is precious to us. We don't have... uh, What we do here is very important because what we do here is a testimony for those around us. When we, you know, we're, we're living for heaven. I'm not living for heaven. He's already taken care of that. I'm actually living for now because I have a testimony to give. Your, your reputation should mean something to you because it means something to other people. Living above reproach, to be a people who, who are, are, uh, are, are able to receive uh, correction is what I mean to say. Need to be people who we live excellent, but we're ready to receive when we need it. Amen? Okay, so there's a couple things that I want to say this. As we, as we steward the move of the Holy Spirit, we must give ourselves to the reading, the testimony of God. See, the Bible is the testimony. It's the testimony of God. It is the, it is the written exhortation of God moving on the heart of man. Now, we're going to get into the history of the culmination of Scripture, not tonight, next week. We're going to get into how it was assembled. We're going to get into translation. We're going to get into all those other stuff. We don't have a lot of time to do it, but we're going to, we're going to do a, a hit and run on it. Um, but the one thing that the reading is supposed to do with us, number one, is to encourage the divine nature inside of us. The Bible says, uh, the Holy Spirit says, found in the Word, that it's the Holy Spirit that convinces you that you are sons of God. Like the, it's the Holy Spirit that tells you you're his son. Sin does not tell you about your relationship with the Lord. It tries to make you think you're not like him and then you need to be like him. But the Holy Spirit says you're already there. It, it actually, it is, in harm, it is in harmony with the completion of Christ's work in you. Okay? Um... The other thing it does is it provokes your intuition. How many of you guys have had uh, 
an intuitive thought, something that you say, you know, I just had this, I had this intuition about this. I have this intuition about whether I need to leave my job. I just have this feeling. You know, the Holy Spirit will provoke that. You know how dangerous it is to have nothing in your life provoke your intuition. Where you are just free to label everything the word of God. That's, that's dangerous. You guys know that. It's, I'm not talk, this isn't anything new. But the word of God puts in front of you a opposer. Do you know um, when it talks about, uh, some of you guys need to hear this, but when, when God made woman for man, the word there is Azar Kenitso in the Hebrew. And the word Azar means, uh, 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 the Azar Kenitso actually has to do with making an equal that is opposite. That actually has the word opposing. So God made Eve uh, by nature an opposer. Now, the opposition was not to frustrate you or challenge you or, or in a negative way. It actually had to do with perfecting and completion. See, the Holy Spirit went by the move in the word. Its intent is to oppose you and to try to get to a point outside a relation where you meet no opposition. The illusion is freedom. But you actually become you actually become uh, in bondage to your own process of thinking. You can't think outside of your own process because you can't challenge yourself. You have become the the end of the means of logic. You you since you define logic or you define what's right and wrong. When the Holy Spirit tries to say, but what about this? And you go, well, I don't know. I don't feel I don't. That doesn't resound in me. You have to have a place in your life, a reservation where you have the permission of the word of God to challenge your intuition, to to provoke your intuition. Amen. The next is challenge your reality. Not all of your reality is true. There are things that you walk in that happen to you that that are real but they are not truth ha, i i actually have this thought here's a side thought we're going to put a pause here and i'm just going to say have, have you ever talked to someone and they're a uh they actually lie about an instance like you stole that no i didn't steal it well, i i have it on film you stole it they have this, this like prolific lying issue. They will not tell the truth. I actually think that somewhere inside of us deep, there is a calling, there is a need for innocence. Almost a defense. I can't be wrong. It's actually, I, I think it's a perversion of what the Lord actually wants to do you and it actually is the truth and reality of innocence. But sin and being confronted to you with your stealing or lying, there's this, no, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And there's this, there's this um, abhorrence. It's like, no, it's a, you have to reject it. Part of the rejecting has to do with the fact that you know that's not you. 
because you know deep down inside the Holy Spirit is in there saying this is not your reality. You're better than this. That's not you. You're not a thief, but you keep thinking you're a thief and have a problem with stealing. So you keep doing it. I actually think there's a calling within people. And so when I hear people say, no, I didn't do that. I actually they actually believe it because they actually want to believe the best in them. And they have a hard time. Actually, there's the freedom for them to come out of that is not there. So they can't say I have this issue because there's they feel like there's a guilt associated with this. Well, Jesus demonstrates that grace removes the uh, removes the soul penalty. Now, we know that in our society, there is a carnal penalty for hurting someone or stealing something. But the, what Jesus takes care of is the soul penalty. He actually removes that in a person. It can be totally free from those actions. Amen. That's what the word of God is, is meant to do. The last one is, is to embed us with wisdom from the mind of Christ. Actually, the Bible talks about um, uh, that in Proverbs. Okay, so we're going to keep going here. Um, here's the interesting thing about the knowledge of God is the knowledge of God mandates the move of God. You guys, when you read about the Lord, you, when you read about in his testimony, there's one of two things that can happen to you. You can, one, be challenged in your reality and say, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to create. This is my potential. Or you can say, wow, that's really neat. Of course, you can say, no, that didn't happen. But if you're a believer, there's there is a dimension of your agreement. That's what I should say. And so the knowledge of God mandates the move of God in your life. And if not, not see knowledge that doesn't provoke experience creates a spirit of gluttony. Which leads to spiritual disease, which leads to spiritual death. What happens when we have knowledge of scripture that doesn't get in us? See, it's like we eat this yummy steak. Okay, we get all these calories and it's so good. Oh, it's delicious meal. Okay, we need to exercise this body. We need to get this freedom that's in us. We need to get it out of us. We need to create. We need to do something with this energy with this grace that we have, with the with the freedom that we've been hearing. And what happens is when people come in and they eat or they have their own eat time, but they don't work out what they eat. They become uh, they become junkies, they become people who are just hoarders of spiritual truth. And they don't you know, after a while, you don't care about the flavor of the food you're eating. You just want it in quantity. We just we have a, a I don't like to talk against the church I, at all. I, I but I know that we have a real buffet style. Like I can go any I can I can get on my phone right now and I can get the most amazing Bible study from the most amazing Bible scholar who's has the most amazing degree and it's just oh it's so good, but that should not replace your own time in the kitchen with him. 
You need to learn how to make your own food. You need to learn when uh, one of the, I'll tell you guys, one of the most common things I hear from people who end up church hopping is they say, oh, this church doesn't feed me anymore. I, the, there's an equipping that needs to take place. But if, you're not, but if you're not fighting, listen, if you're not going out and fighting what we equip you, equip you with, you're going to get bogged down. And you're going to get tired. And it's, it's not burnt out. We're, just, we're, gonna, we're not going to not equip you. We are going to continue to equip you. But if you don't go out there and engage what we equip with you, we equip you with... And you end up saying, man, I'm just not experiencing freedom. It's because you're not moving out in the word. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but there is a responsibility on both of our parts. Amen. There and it's I'm not you know, I'm, you guys know my heart. I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head with this, but there is a responsibility in us to equip. And a responsibility for all of us to fight. We are here to destroy the works of the enemy. And as, as, as Brother James has been talking about the fire of God and the move of the Holy Spirit, and, and we're doing this and not being offended with how he displays his marvelous works. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of really cool things that have happened. You know, we, we uh, do a lot of stuff um, and grab a lot of uh, nuggets and stuff from Bethel over in Redding, California. And they get a lot of black, bad flack because of all the supernatural manifestations that happen in their church. And one time, uh, Pastor Bill Johnson got up and he and someone said, how do you scripturally how do you scripturally defend all the stuff that you're uh, that that happens here the manifestations? And he goes to the scripture in Proverbs that says, I, it's, I think it was Proverbs that says, I am the Lord, your God. I do what I want. That <laughs> 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 covers a lot. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, I, I don't want a God I can understand. There's no mystery in that. If I, if I want a God that I can reduce to my understanding, then I can control him, and he's no longer God. Amen? So what? something we do not want, and I actually think this is actually embedded within us. I, I think that... Uh, when we have, when we uh, start storing up knowledge, but we don't work it out, we become spiritually gutless. You can, you can start to. Uh, there's something that's amazing. That's like, it's like programming code within the Word of God. That if you read it and you don't use it, uh, that knowledge starts to puff up, and can actually work against you. How wouldn't it be weird if someone like just all they did was ate, but they never did anything with the energy they had? That's that's not healthy. It's like there's something wrong. There's something wrong going on in you. Like you love to eat, but you don't like to do anything with all that, all of that health that's inside of you. Amen. That's good. So here we go. And this is uh, found in James chapter uh, 1, verses 22 uh, through 24. Um, I'll go ahead and hit my Bible here too. 
If you're there, say amen. James 1. Verses 22 to 24. You guys know this. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. What it says. What's the next part? Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. That's interesting. You hear that again? Let me hear that again. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. Don't fool yourself. Don't do it. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Listen to this. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Listen, you see yourself. You walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And the analogy of doing of of looking into the mirror is this is is how many of you are here tonight and you did not look in the mirror before you came out of your house out of your house anybody when how many of you got up today and went about your day and didn't look at the mirror at some point or your a reflection i don't care if it was in the rearview mirror uh, i don't care if it was in a window i don't uh, if it was in your bathroom mirror how many of you guys know that the, the word, it says, it's look, like looking in a mirror. You're looking in a mirror and you see yourself, okay? I, I read the word and I see myself. That's me. That's who I am. These are my features. This is how I look. This is how, this is how I present myself, okay? Good. Like what I'm wearing. Look how. Okay, some of you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you men need to look at the mirror. No, I'm joking. And so you, you look at the mirror. And then what you do, you are, you are presentable and then you leave the house and you go dewy. And the reason why, reason why you look at the mirror is because you care. You care about something. You care about your presentation. All right. That's good. If, if God didn't want a a bride without spot or wrinkle, he would have just did whatever, but he's preparing us. So we look at, we look in the mirror to go, do I, do I, do I, do, am I representing him right? Okay. See, re- that's what reading the word does. Now, listen, there is the rhema word of God, which actually has to do with the spoken word where he is talking with you. But there's another, there is another instance where it, it comes with the reading of the scripture that we get this. And so we, we read, and that's what this is talking about, reading the scripture and hearing it, but just not hearing it but doing it. And when you do it, this is the, this is the most important part. When you go out and you do what you read and what the Holy Spirit gave you instruction to do upon reading it, it says it's like it's, it's going out and not forgetting what you saw. And the reason why you would forget what you see is because when you leave and you leave the mirror, you leave and you leave the reflection. You get away from this. When you leave, you forget. The reason why you forget is because you see. You see other things. Every time we leave the mirror, we are presented with other realities. And if you don't come back to the mirror, you will stop looking like that. 
and you'll start to look like anything else you see. That is why, this is why James talks about this. He says, it's like looking in a mirror. Don't just be a hearer of the word. See, it actually, it's it actually not having to do with merely having a reading. It has to do with the sequence of reading and doing. See, when you don't do what you read, when you see something else, you become it. Does that make sense? That is why we, and here's, here's what I think happens. I sometimes, I, I know this is, this is what happens in my life. I'll read it. I'll not do it. And because I don't do it, I start to forget what I am. Now, remember, it wasn't the reading. The reading was getting in front of the mirror. The doing causes me to remember what I saw. You guys get that? The doing, it's the doing that causes me to remember. Have you guys, when you guys move in the Holy Spirit, there's this, there's a remembering. There's a, there's a coming back. How many of you guys have ever moved out in the supernatural? And as you're doing it, you are seeing these images of you being a modern day disciple. And you, you are like, yeah, this is what they did. You start having these, almost uh, these impressions of you in their life doing it. In your life now, you have this connection between the world of 2000 years ago and the year uh, in in the reality of now. There's this connection that takes place. There's that remembering gets stirred up within you and it has nothing to do with the reading part. It's the doing what you read. Amen. Is that good? You guys, I like that. I'm going to do it. We're going to have a couple questions. So now I want your opinion. There's only one right answer. No, I'm joking. Okay. I'm going to ask four questions to you. What are practical reasons? Practical. What are some practical reasons why believers don't read their Bible? Practical. Yeah, go ahead. Then just don't prepare. Anything? Time. There's not a whole lot of time to do it. Anything else? Anything practical? Boring, lack of comprehension, doesn't make sense. Can I give you some, a new, maybe hopefully this might be a new revelation. Do you know Jesus didn't speak in King James? I think we can, uh, we correlate him with the style of verbiage. God never said, thus says the Lord. In the way you know it to be said. Is it quoted in scripture that way? Yes, because that's what the translation of it is. But when God talks, he doesn't talk in old English. He talks very normally. And it sounds a lot like what you would recognize. It is not foreign to you. It is very there. And the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you your whole life. If you're not trained to know what he sounds like in the spirit that comes with it, then uh, it is easy to miss it. Um, 
it's easy to grow up in church and be around a lot of religious people and not have an encounter with the love and all the fruits that come with that love. It's very possible. Not in this church. We're perfect. But, um, All right. So what are spiritual reasons? What are spiritual reasons why people don't read their Bible? Was that? Still chewing on the last. They're not. They still got an assignment. They're not done with. They're listening to the wrong spirit. Hey. Good. Anything else? They think they're safe. I got enough. Anything else? It's good. I think about how they have these. What's that? Not hungry. I like it. Not hungry. <laughs> it's not hungry. It's hungry. It's good. I like that. God, give me the hungry. Yeah. Come on, Larry. That's what I needed right there. It's good. You know, you got you to gotta be hungry. Kim calls it. <laughs> she'd be like, last night she said this. Tuesday night's wing night at our house. Because that's just what we do. So, wing night, Tuesday night. Uh, it, wait a minute. So, so, we put the kids to bed and then we'll put on a movie or something. And we'll, you know, something like that. Read the Bible. Something, no, I'm joking. We'll just do whatever. Spiritual. And, uh, no, hang out. And, um, and she goes, you going to get the wings? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get the wings. She goes, I'm getting hangry. And I, it's hangry. She was like, I said hangry. It's like, okay. And I had to think about it. And she's like, it means what it sounds. <laughs> All right. Hangry. It's good. Give me some practical reasons. Listen to this. Give me some practical reasons why believers do read their Bible. Practical. Practical. Anyone? Strength. They know they need it. Yeah. Routine. Part of routine. Some people read it because they just, it's part of what they do. Anyone else? Hope. Looking for instruction or, yeah, awesome. What are some spiritual reasons why people read their Bible? (laughs) They're hungry, yeah. Hungry, yes. I want to make a t-shirt with Larry's face on it that says, I'm hungry. (laughs) And there has to be a way to articulate the phonetical hungry where you get the girl of the throat i love it (laughs) i love it what a blessing so amen we're gonna move on i got a couple minutes here you guys okay all right cool see if i can restart here all right so how to read the bible a lot of people um want to know on their Bible reading, I've heard this, what, what translation is best? What should I get? Have you guys ever asked that question or heard that question? There's a lot of concern about all the translations and transliterations that come out. And I think, I think what here, um, can I tell you, this is a, um, 
this is a twofold, a two-dimensional answer. Okay, and um, I think that accuracy is extremely important when someone is translating the Bible. Okay, um, and at the same token, I think relevancy to who you are is extremely important. Because, and here's one of the reasons why, it's like, um, I'm an Apple guy. I love Apple products, okay? Um, I shopped for something that I would wear because I know what works. I know how I work with my help. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's things I could put on my shoestring, Things I can put um, in my head. I know there's Bluetooth headphones that I have here, but you know there's all these different tools, all these different versions that are going to articulate who you are as a person. Okay, those are very. Those are actually you want to pay attention to that. Those are very important, is what I mean to say. Because if you have man, I, you want to get spiritually healthy, but you're reading a Bible that you you just you get a brain headache after three verses, you need to get a different Bible. Just, this is just a practical thing, okay? Um, there are some really amazing translations out there. And they actually, the most important part is that the word articulates the heart of God. Does that make sense? Because um, word for word, see, the power is not in the perfect thing okay because if if the word of god was never written it would still be complete does that make sense you want me to say that again the word of god is demonstrated first of all through the spoken word you know have you ever heard the argument what came first the chicken or the egg chicken came first why? Because the egg can't incubate, incubate itself. What came first, the Bible or the word, the spoken word of God? The spoken word of God came first. It was written down and articulated. You know, Adam didn't write Genesis. Moses did. Long time after Adam. Long time. So, uh, to me, and, and I... I'm going to go ahead and red flag and put a, uh, this is preferential. Um, <laughs> this word is not brought to you by your sponsor. <laughs> but I just want to tell you that when you're reading your Bible, we, as, as, as leadership, we really want you to read the word. We want you to get a lot about it. We want it to be accurate. But we know that you can have the right translation and the wrong spirit. Man, you can get verbatim what Jesus said and still not get his spirit. So when it comes to the value of articulating the verbatim versus the relevancy, I think the Holy Spirit can get you. He can still get a hold of you when he gets the ability for you to, uh, to, uh, uh, to receive what he's giving. Sometimes when I go to Reagan and I want to give her the information, I have to change how I want to say what I want to say so she can get it. And you, that really shows me... It sh uh, I hope that would it would show her how much I care about 
the fact that she is receiving the spirit behind what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Even if I have to dumb it down a little bit and she doesn't get it totally right, she can get the spirit of what I'm doing. And that spirit and her visualizing my practice is going to work out the kinks of the translation. Does that make sense? Get a translation that actually speaks to you that makes sense. And if your Bible doesn't do that, just just bless somebody else with it. Just pass it along. Love somebody. Give someone. Don't if if grandma gave it to you and it's really special to you, that's fine. But you need something that you're going to wear and you're going to get some use out of. Don't let it become an idol. Let it become a part of your daily routine in life. Let it be something that is as important it is for you to look at the mirror before you leave the house. Get a Bible that's going to actually be able to reflect you, reflect you, your personality. Get it so you can get it in you so you can work out it. Amen. All right. Oh, boy. We have to define having a balanced diet. Have you guys, have you got, people talk about uh, extreme? I don't want to, I don't want to be too extreme. And uh, I know there is extreme. I know there's, I, I personally have met um, and even gone through seasons where I have been too extreme when it comes to, uh, man, I, I've had like uh, unhealthy, repeatable uh, daily readings and I did it because I got to do it. Because if I don't do it, I'm going to, man. And you know what? It is good to read no matter what. But you can actually read out of fear and actually be processing a wrong spirit inside of you. And you start to re-articulate. What you do is you, you look at the mirror and the spirit of fear gets in you. And as you look at the mirror, you get fearful of how you look. So when you go out, you start seeing ugliness in other people because you didn't find the beauty and what he was trying to present in you. So make sure uh, I would just say that when you're reading, it's not out of fear of oh, I'm, uh, that's you got to get that out of you before you go to the word. Amen. You need to uh, wa- ask the Holy Spirit to wash you. I would say just God, I. Don't let me read my experience into what I'm about to read, but let it challenge my experience. And then read it and see what it is that he starts to lay on your heart the cha- that really challenges your reality. Because a lot of times we can read the word to confirm our ra- reality in order to, instead of challenge it. And I do, there is a place for confirmation, but I, I do know that the Holy Spirit also wants to be able to confirm and help us grow with what we're reading. There, there's a have you guys ever seen there's a um, uh, long time ago Apple released an app and it, uh, an ad that said there's an app for that you guys remember that well, I like to say there's a verse for that you want to leave your job I can find a verse for that you want to you want to stay at your job I can find a verse for that I can find one The question is, are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to challenge your intuition? 
on these subs, on these things. And I, I, I have seen so many times when Dad or John or, or me or someone or, or Kim like will come and like we will we will see where you're at and someone will say, man, I really feel the Holy Spirit is leading. And, and sometimes when someone says the Holy Spirit is leading them to do something, I, that is very subjective. It is. And I'm, uh, I feel more and more like when I say something, I, I want to say I feel a leaning and I want to test it. Or I, I offer it and see what the multitude of counsel says because there's safety in the multitude of counsel. And out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. I don't want to have the end say in what the word of God is because that's a very powerful statement. And there's a whole lot of weight and responsibility behind that. Um, and um, I, I, I want to present accurately. Plus, anything that you practice, other people are viewing and they're going to pick up on it. And if a lot of times, if people can, if people can have a way out of order, a lot of times they will. They will try to find, they will try to find a teaching that allows them one. They'll say they'll say one less wall to prevent them. But a lot of times, the walls we need are to challenge us and to help us grow, and sometimes protect us and keep us from harm. So that's something that we do need. Amen. Okay, uh, last, uh, last thing I'm going to say, kind of fun, in defining a balanced diet. It is, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And I said this earlier, memorization does not equal relationship. Jesus said this to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. The next verse says because it, you think because you miss of you miss of the one whom who they speak of, you can know the scripture and miss the person of Jesus. That it is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. We we want to know the Word. Listen, I want to know the Word, so I can know. Uh, I, I have it here. The Holy Spirit uses the Scripture to shape us, not to shape Him. Don't use the Bible to put God in a box of what he can do. The author is bigger than his book. Use it to define who you are in Christ and your potential. But allow the Holy Spirit to blow your mind to what he can do in your situation. Amen. Amen. So let's uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for the testimony of the Holy Spirit that's found in your scripture. Lord, I thank you that we are, man, we are so blessed to be able to tap into the move of the Holy Spirit as as the Holy Spirit moved on men of old and they, they felt your spirit. And God, I just thank you that we get to be recipients of that very move that as we would we would develop an anticipation for the presence of the Lord as we read just as just as I would receive a love letter or a, from my wife in anticipation 
for a soon experience with her that the the word of God, the written word that we have, this gift, would be a letter of anticipation for our next encounter and adventure with you. Lord, uh, please show us the lies that we have been believing about why we don't have time or why we don't or even why we do any sort of unhealthy mandates or things that that make us feel guilt or fear or condemnation for doing or not doing something we just we we isolate that spirit we call it out and we just ask the holy spirit your spirit of truth would convict us but with conviction comes empowerment and grace and i thank you god that as we steward this next revival and move of God on earth that we would we would love every gift God every gift that you have given us we would love it we would enjoy it Lord we would we would display it in the way you have given it to us freely in Jesus name everybody said Amen. So next week, we're going to have some more uh, fun stuff. We're going to be talking about uh, how Jesus interpreted Scripture, guidelines for personal reading, intentions for reading, dividing versus assembling Scripture. That's a fun one. And some other things. So cool. You guys have a good night. Love you guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week or Sunday. Be better. Yeah. Pond5.com.